today on The Breakdown. It's one of those hands we're going to do where there's a fair amount of people left in a term, but we're in the money. We got two guys who you may have never heard of, but actually have done quite well for themselves indeed on the circuit. One of them has won over $5 million. Another one has won over $2 million. They're going to be facing off an under the gun against Big Blind Hand, where the board really favors the Big Blind's range. And the big line's going to make it tough on the other gun player, but is it going to work? Well, we're going to look at it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I feel like when you laughed during that opening, you're like, they've done quite well for themselves. Yeah. I feel like I was watching a commercial, like a nationally televised commercial about salad or something where there's Good. a woman's voice narrating and just like has a laugh in the voice for no reason. It's like, and the salad has strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> you know how often uh, when you're playing poker and there's someone at the table who makes the lamest of poker jokes. Yeah. Two flush draws, et cetera. So, right. You play that crap, yeah. et cetera. And, and so I've, I was at a table, I think it was just last weekend, where uh, I, someone made a joke like that, and someone else, la- la- this guy laughed so heartily and so sincerely that my heart both broke for him a little bit, and I admired him too. I wanted to be him a little bit, and also I felt sad. <laughs> was it an ignorance is bliss moment? Is that what it was? It was just, uh, you're, at the, you're at the beginning of a long, long journey, my friend. <laughs> you know, you, the, you're, you, these are train tracks that are well-worn, but for you, it's your first ride. Seems pretty clear, ah, you know. I see. One of those. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. But that also... Is, it's a little sweet, but it's also a little bit, you know, it's like, come on, man. I'm saying. Yeah. It goes both ways. Although you know, I, I, I didn't think it was funny. I didn't, I, feel like, like, you, I didn't feel like your forced laughter was like that. I felt, no. I felt like not. it was like commercial style forced yes. laughter. It's like, can you believe how much beef is on this hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like that. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Thank you for noticing. You're welcome. <laughs> how much beef is on this hamburger? Bro? It's good stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe we could do that uh, throughout the rest of this podcast. At times, just say something about laughing inexplicably as if we're in a commercial. Yeah. Let's see if we can do that. That's, I mean, that's the laughing as if we're in a commercial challenge, and we're taking laughing it. As if, yeah, Gotta do at I least mean, five of those for the rest like of the show. I feel like this is probably a revelation for a, a small percentage of the audience who kind of like tunes out during commercials and doesn't notice that yeah. almost all commercials do that where they laugh for no reason. Like there's a laugh in the narrator's voice. I mean, there's there's a lot of laughing for no reason in real life too. Yeah. Not just because of like at the poker table because it's like a weird weird social spots where people laugh because it's easier than doing a lot of other things. You know, it's right. like unobjectionable usually to laugh unless someone has just said something awful. You yeah. Know? Which, anyway, so... Anyway, this is suggested by Alex Trembath. There's number one. Now, <laughs> on we're not, Twitter. We're not going to do all five of them right now, but that is definitely number one. <laughs> Alex Trembath, nice job. Yeah. Cool hand. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, have a suggestion for the breakdown, both our podcast and video series, because we're going to make a video of this as well, you got to tweet it at us. We are the Poker Guys on YouTube. Actually, our handle on YouTube is Two Poker Guys, the number two Poker Guys, uh, and include a YouTube link. If you can timestamp it, it sure makes it more likely we're going to use it. I mean, it makes it very unlikely that we're going to use it if you don't time. We need it. to know where it is. We're not going to go hunting for it in the video. You just got to just tell us in the tweet. You know, it's at th- 13 minutes or cl- right click it and embed the time right yep. into the link, which is an amazing and beautiful thing. and works great. There's actually a recent suggestion we had from a pretty good suggester. Who was it? It was Ovi Kenobi, who's, yeah. who's been doing pretty well recently. 
However, Ovi, sorry to tell you that you did make a suggestion that I was very curious about, yet didn't see it because it was like a four-hour video and you forgot the timestamp and I'm not searching. And also, there was not really an apt description of the hand to know where to even look. So, yeah, you got to make sure you include that timestamp. It was a really good hand, Ovi, but you forgot the timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good job. Thanks. That's number two. All yeah. right. All right. So, yes, Alex did suggest this. He did it correctly, and we respect him for the it. The way you said, yes, Alex, it's like you were talking to Alex Trebek on yeah. Jeopardy. Yes, Alex, uh, thank you for saying that. So, I, uh, so Grant, I hear that you have uh, a limb garden in your backyard. <laughs> that would be something I would laugh at, and it wouldn't be socially awkward. Uh, why, why, yes, Alex. It's uh, actually something I've been cultivating for a couple of years now. <laughs> Tell me more about this limb garden. <laughs> well, uh, my business partner and friend, Jonathan Levy, suggested that I begin one uh more of a collection than anything else i guess Ah. is uh as a gardener it's not really a hobby for for any purpose it's a hobby out of passion you see and (laughs) this passion it grows with with each new addition to my garden you understand but but the limbs themselves do not grow because even though it's like no no the the limbs serve as as sort of a a bellwether or a centerpiece for the rest of the garden alex and uh (laughs) through that i achieve what i what i consider to be perfect harmony huh well We're really thrilled to have you here. Let's move on to Double Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> Moving on. So this okay. is uh, 58 remain in this event. It's The ICM implications are not massive because, you know, first place is like 1.8 million euro, and right now the jumps are about 6,000 euro. As Jonathan said, these guys have 2 million and 5 million plus in earnings, respectively. Sergey Reichek is the one with more earnings. He actually plays 100Ks. Mm. Uh, he's got over 5 million in earnings. And then we have Robert Heidorn, who actually finished 10th in the World Series of Poker 2019 main event. I know. Now, this just goes to show like how maybe poker programming has overwhelmed us, or maybe just there's too many choices now with media and stuff. But I didn't know that. Like, I saw his name. I saw his face. I was just like, who is this guy? Has he ever done anything? Finished 10th this year. Well, I think it, the old it, days we would have known that. Uh, to, just for another quick aside, I think it, it speaks to a little bit of a like a middle ground, a, a kind of a half measure spot we're in with poker programming. Half measure is probably the wrong way to put it, but like we don't really know where we want to go with it yet because obviously there's been an evolution from the uh, pre-recorded, then have Norman Chad and Lon McCarran, you know, do a, a thing and have two episodes every Tuesday or whatever, yeah. which I used to love, by the way. It was sure. great. Um, Me too. To now, like, showing the entire thing. And I think something has been lost by showing the entire thing and having every hand and, and like, forcing any viewer who wants to really know what's going on to be watching so much poker. That, right. Like, something has been lost a little bit. There's a little bit less of the heroism of poker, I guess, is a good huh. way to put it. There's, there's less narrative and, right. and less heroism in general. So you forget about the individual players as, as much as you used to. I do think ESPN is still putting out one hour long, like edited segments as well. Like they're just starting to come out now, I, th- I believe, for the uh, main event. Really? I think I saw uh, huh. not, uh, Lon McCarran tweet about that. I haven't actually checked the schedule or anything because why would I want to watch that now? But I can understand for people who, you know, like back in the day, I would have loved to watch that, like you were saying. And I remember in 2012, 2014, whenever it was, when they first started doing the, we're going to do, since from day three on, you know, we're going to just show you 12 been, hours. It was definitely not 2012. might have even been later than 2014. Okay. Whenever, really, whenever yeah. the Ben Lamb year is when they did it. So okay. um, I just remember watching that and loving it, literally watching every minute of it and thinking it was so exciting. But that was when we didn't have much other poker options either. And now there's so many. I don't know. Poker it, time. Whole, Poker time is a great example of, of one option that you have, which you just didn't have in the past. Yeah. You know? Just a great example. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand 
like from the pure poker standpoint, seeing every hand is important to understand context. And like, actually, if you want to learn from watching, that's certainly better. Sure. But it's, I think something's definitely been lost for the overall entertainment value of poker for people who are not super into poker. I mean, if you're not a professional, this is, I mean, who wants to watch even just the final table every hand for hours and hours and hours? It seems like a lot for most people. I'm glad they do it that way, but it seems like a lot for most people. I kind of think for the World Series of Poker, they should maybe get out of the business of streaming the whole thing and go back to the edited episodes and, and stream the entire final table, maybe. Yeah, I mean, they could stream it all on Poker Go, but then yeah. have ESPN episodes also, maybe, and have the ESPN's episodes, like, right away or something like that, you know, like, two days later. And even if they're lightly edited, you know, like, they're not, like, super produced the way they used to be, so it's more timely. Something would be lost, though. Of course. Of course. There's, like, there's going to be a compromise one way or another. It's either time and you'll know the result already, or um, unless you somehow don't know anything about it, um, or a level of production. I don't. I don't really know what else. I don't know how else you're supposed to do it. Or right. or the level. Or you. Or you. Yeah. That, that's it. The same or thing, the entertainment. The value. same thing has happened with the EPT. By the way, where like now, like for a while, there were the edited episodes of the EPT that were coming yeah. out every week, and it was great. I love that. And but now we have the live stream EPT, and then they come out with like five episodes of whatever thing. Like Barcelona is coming out as we speak for. I mean, probably not when you're listening to this, but while we're recording it. Mm-hmm. And it's just segments cut out from the actual live stream where Joe Stapleton clearly has no fucking idea what he's talking about. And, yeah. like, the camera angles are, like, stationary and bad, and it's just really not the same. You don't have the same narrative element that you once had. You don't have the, the romanticism of poker anymore. I mean, the EPT used to be done so, so well, the edited episode specifically. Yeah. And, I mean, then, I and they of were course, great. Stapleton had Jimmy Fricky helping him out. Yes, of course he did. Which was good because when Stapleton's on his own, he's not really that much of a poker mind. No, of course he isn't. Yeah. I mean, he's not a pro. He's never been a pro. And there's lots of things he doesn't understand and probably hasn't done the work to understand or maybe just he isn't built that way whatever right. um he's a comedian in fairness to him he's done incredibly well with this job like yeah um but he's really far from a true poker analyst and that's been his role for a long time and yeah like you said when he was getting help at work because he was combining this magical thing of combining reasonable analysis and humor yeah and we really hadn't seen that before um, at least well, Norman that Chad was trying to do it right but but he took it to another level and it was exciting I yeah. thought it was really great um but now it's like, especially when it's live, his jokes aren't as good because he doesn't have time to write them. Right. Like, he, you know, he, before he was clearly watching the episodes, prepping for them and stuff like that. So it's all, so the, the humor isn't as good and the analysis is much worse. It, it's a worse product. It is for sure. So yeah, I kind of miss that age, even though I understand that we're like just seeing little bits and pieces and we're mostly seeing coolers and elite plays and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of fun to watch. I know it is. It's better than watching Raise and Take It and then have like a very dry elite poker pro talk about it. I mean, do you, do you want to watch the whole and every NFL game all the way through? Or do you want to watch the Red Zone channel? I want to watch the Red Zone channel mostly. And then maybe there's a few games I want to watch all the way through. But mostly I just want to see all the fun, exciting stuff, you know? Yeah. Or the, or the moments that could be exciting, because that's what the Red Zone channel is about, too. By the way, if you guys don't know who this, what this is, there's a channel during NFL Sundays when eight games are played at, on, at a row, or in a row, or sorry, not in a row, simultaneously, where um, anytime a team gets with, within 20 yards of scoring, so that's like close, uh, they switch to that game, and then they'll show you multiple games, and there's no commercials, and they just keep cutting back and forth, and it's only exciting plays, and they always show you any cool highlights, and there's nothing else that you ever see, really, the whole time, and it's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's that's what I want. Right. So anyway, it's hard to know what to do with poker, though, because I understand like 
the the outspoken minority of yes. like people who are really into poker probably do want the live stream thing. They want something to have in the background while they play online poker all the time and like maybe like get a little bit of learning in and just kind of have that droning poker in the background. There can be they, there's room for all of it though in theory, right? Poker stars, for example, could stream the entire event, but the, and not have Joe Stapleton be one of the announcers. Right. And then when they actually put out edited versions, they could do like the old level of quality with higher production with Stapleton and Hardigan. Why not why not both? Instead of like they're kind of misusing Stapleton now. Yeah. You know, and like he's great when he has time to prepare. He's not good when he doesn't, not nearly as good when he doesn't. And they're, it's a worse product. At like, least they're not misusing him as badly as Poker Go and ESPN do, where they use him as an right. interviewer, which he's not good at. Makes at all. no sense. Yeah. Makes like, no sense. Yeah. I mean, honestly, interviewing players almost never is any good anyway. No. But he's it's, he's really wasted there. Yeah, that's true for sure. Anyway, let's, let's get, get back. to the hand. All right, let's talk. <laughs> let's about... get to the hand. Oh, yeah. number three. All right, eight K, sixteen K are the blinds, and okay. uh, this is not a factor for players of this level, but. What do you think about this in tournaments? Players have just gone on break, and these guys are the only two left at the table. Mm. And there's an open in the call out of the big blind. Does that ever affect things, do you think? Where like everybody's left, there's kind of this air of emptiness at the table, and everybody's going on break. I think it sometimes very slightly will encourage uh, amateurs, and maybe even pros who aren't taking the tournament super intensely seriously, to give up a little bit more quickly. Like, I think you can get C-bets through a little bit more. Because yeah. like it's like the, every indication in the world is saying, like, it's time to go on break. You just fold and we move the hell on. Like, let's get out of here. Um, so I think it helps get, get a few more folds. I think it does, too. And for sure, I've seen that happen at the World Series of Poker. Oh, yeah. And a big, a big factor there, of course, is like the bathroom lines. You're right. like, well, shit. Now am I even going to be able to get to the bathroom before the break ends if I'm one of the last people to get to the bathroom lines? Because it's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. You know? Totally. No, I mean, it, it actually, I mean, you really could reasonably fold some very close hands or even slightly not close hands where it's like, well, I would always call here. But it's either that or go another two hours without without you know, urinating and I will die. Like, or I'm going to, I'm going to miss hands later. Yeah. This is a, this isn't like a high EV spot or anything. I'm not folding jacks, you know, yeah. but I'm going to fold. I'm not going to defend the big blind here with ace eight off when, right. I, when like plus one open when I, you know, for a small raise because I'm going to miss the bathroom line and it's, it's actually not worth it. Yeah. The like, bladder EV. Yeah. I mean, there's something there, right? I'm going to be super uncomfortable or I'm going to miss three hands at the beginning or whatever. And it's not worth it. That's a spot where at the world series of poker, women have a massive advantage. There's mm. like never a line yeah. for the women's bathroom. The truth is, though, like you can actually play about five minutes into the break and still make the bathroom if you know if you know what you're doing. Yeah, right? I mean, you have to know the skills. We can't, I, we, no, can't we can't give it, it away. We but can't I will, give it away. I'm, during the monster stack, there was one point when I played a hand well into break and still did. There's well, there's a we're not going to say where, but there's a bathroom grant I call the elite bathroom <laughs> where um where it's a it's a bit of a hike. But well, actually, I, it might not matter because the Rio might not be there anymore next year. Oh, you know what? It won't be. So actually, yeah, we can't. It's not going to be played there. Yeah. Okay, good. Anyway, there's the bathroom that's as far as far as you could possibly go. And it's like a good exercise. And I remember I still made it all the way to the, to the elite bathroom and back and just got there in time. The elite bathroom is quicker sometimes than the closest bathroom because the line is like 700 right. guys long. Yeah, there's like no one ever in the elite bathroom, yeah. which is why it's elite. Yeah. <laughs> that laugh was real. That was not. That Super elite bathroom. Anyway, let's talk about this likely elite player in Sergey Rychek because he doesn't have the air of a rich guy. No. And he's got over 5 million earnings and he plays 100K, so he's probably legit. He, uh, yeah, he's, his biggest win is 2.2 million. It, it was in 100K. Um, so, I mean, he's probably legit, but also a lot of his wins are in these higher roller things, so it inflates his numbers a little bit. Of too. course. Of course. I like imagine a min, he has a min a, cash is 350K, you know. I imagine he has a very impressive online profile to get the backing for this stuff. It's likely. Yeah. It's likely. Anyway, 8K, 16K, he has 610K. 
He's going to be the effective stack in the hand. Okay. He's going to open under the gun with King Jack of Hearts to 35K. Seems normal and fine, right? Yes, it does. Robert Hydorn, 10th place finisher in the 2019 World Series of Poker main event. What a deal. He's in the big blind with three, four of diamonds. He's going to defend. He's got 670K, so he barely covers right check. Okay. Nothing to say here, right? I mean, we're always calling unless we have to pee real bad. <laughs> yeah. We're always calling. Yeah, we're, we're just under 40 blinds effective, and that is life. Yeah. And here we go. The pot's 94K. The flop is five of diamonds, six of clubs, jack of clubs. It's a good flop for, uh, for us over here. For who? Everyone. Us. The yeah. royal us. Yeah, we got the open ender for the big blind, Hydorn, and right check under the gun has top pair with the second best kicker. Hydorn also has the backdoor flush draw. He does. Which is a nice little bonus. He does. And Hydorn checks. Okay. I'm down with that. Right check. Should he bet? I think he should. Probably, yeah. I mean, he doesn't really have a range advantage on this board, but he does have top pair, so that's exactly. nice. That's kind of like... He doesn't you know, have a range disadvantage either. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean Hydorn has more 5-6, but it's not a huge deal. And he right. has jack-5 and jack-6 suited. Right. Those things are absolutely true. But we also block jack-5 and jack-6 suited. We have jack-jack. I guess he can have jack-jack too. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, we have top pair. We should probably bet rather than give a free card. Uh, this is a hand that can withstand heat. If he wants to make a play at us because the, it's a, not a super good board for our range, go ahead. I can call anyway. Like it's, it's a, I, I don't mind it. I don't, I don't love it, but, I, but I, you can sort of welcome aggression a little bit. It's not the end of the world. I think, it's, I think I'm usually betting here. All right, so on this board texture, what, what are you going to bet? What's the, what's the 94K. Um. I am probably going to bet. It's a rainbow board. Nope. It two, is two not clubs. a rainbow board. I'm glad that's why I had to check that grant. That's number four. Um, two clubs. I'm probably going to bet 94, 48,000. Yeah, I was thinking something like 55. Like, I feel like it's a board where we're supposed to bet kind of a bit yeah, more than it's usual. Po- it's possible, actually, I went slightly lower with the second club there, too. Maybe I should go slightly higher, actually. But whatever. More I mean, than half. Something that we've mentioned briefly before on the podcast or Poker Time or whatever we mentioned it on is that typically sizing down is like a trendy, cool thing. But yeah. board texture matters. And one of the elements that matters a lot is not only the wetness of the board, which is clearly here we have a slightly wet board. Slightly. But also whether or not you have a range advantage. And if you're at any sort of range disadvantage, your size should be bigger. If you're at a range advantage, your size should be smaller. Yeah. And right check is clearly at at least a slight range disadvantage here. Right. So I think that means his size should be a bit bigger. Yeah. I think I like your number better than mine, actually. I think I like 55 a little better. Well, right check goes 30. Yeah, right check is like, let's, get, go, let's go on break. Yeah, I like, guess. Let's see if you have anything, and so be it. It could be a meta element of like the break bet. Like, I can bet any amount, and you're going to fold and try to induce Hydorn to try to realize that and raise or something. Yeah. Like, that, that's pretty... That's pretty intense metagame if you're actually trying to do that. I, I doubt that's really the case. A lot of the solver kids these days are pretty excited about the idea of you can apparently bet a third of the pot as a C bet 100% of the time and make money. And it's almost impossible to defend against that these days on, in any situation. Hmm. So this is about a third of the pot. I wonder if that's actually in play here or if that just is, if that's coincidental. But I know that's like, everyone likes talking about that, right? I now. mean, I imagine that's only in heads up scenarios. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, of course. Um, anyway, Hydorn is not going to be folding. He's got the no. open ender and the backdoor flush drop. No. He's no. Not. No. You cannot fold. You shall not fold. If he folds, you know what they would say. Yes. How can he fold? Incredible poker hands broken down decision by We don't decision. usually do an ad in the middle no, of the No, we street. can wait. I'm just saying that's what they would say. Anyway. Anyway, that's our book we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah. Um, 
So the the question is, should Hydorn call or should Hydorn raise? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the pros and cons of each. Okay. Pro of raising. We have four high. It would be <laughs> nice to win right now. Yes. That is a really cool thing. Uh, another pro of raising is uh, if we don't get it through on the flop, we can often win on the turn with another bet and we win more. Right. If we don't get it through in the flop also, by the way, and we want to rep draws that come in, we can rep clubs. Yes. If So we can have clubs as, as things that we rep and also we could get there and we can rep the other open enders, which are uh, four, seven and seven, eight. Yep. So there's uh, a lot of cards we can rep if we if we decide we don't want to any longer rep a currently made hand. By the way, speaking of that range advantage thing, we have a lot of currently made hands. Mm-hmm. We have five sixes, jacks. We have five six, all the five six offs. We have jack five and jack six suited. Yep. So we have a lot we can rep that Hydorn can't. Right. That's uh, true. Excuse me, that right check can't. That, no, that, that's absolutely right. Um, so that's all pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to win right now with our four freaking high. Also, being out of position makes me want to raise a little more often, you know, because it's just harder to win this pot mm-hmm. if we uh, don't improve. Yep. Um, and it's not a wet enough board that it's really easy to put us on a draw. Like you can decide to put us on a draw if yeah, you want you to, could. but there's also, as I just stated, plenty of combos of made hands that we can have. Absolutely. So that's, those are pros, but there's definite cons also, right? Some of them are, we're only 40 blinds deep. We could commit like right now it's still really cheap. It's two blinds to call and we can get blown off this hand. We can get blown off the hand. If we put in a raise and you know, he doesn't fold, even if he doesn't re-raise, we could now be making the pot a lot bigger and, ultimately put it be putting our stack at risk here and as we see this is a spot where absolutely our stack could end up being in the middle and he doesn't fold well we have the bigger stack by 60k okay like basically a risk yeah yeah i mean essentially um so that that's not great right especially when it's so 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 cheap to just call right and also we as something we like to talk about a lot here we while we are repping some value for sure by raising by calling we get to rep other kinds of value more value so if we want to any jack exactly any jack or um, mostly any jack, I guess, actually. Yeah. For, We're for not going to bet fighter. a six pretty much ever in future streets. Um, unless, you know, if we call here in the six or the five pair... Sure, those are sure. great opportunities. But we're never going to bet a one pair of six or no, five later. No, it's, in, it's later pretty, it's pr- the board will have to run out very particular yeah. in our favor for us to um, want to even rep that, right? Right. I agree. Um, but anyway, so, so there, those are the pros of... Uh, or the cons, I guess, of raising and the pros of just calling. Another con is that right check... Raised under the gun, so he has yeah. the strongest range. And even though he has at least a slight range disadvantage, he decided to bet anyway on this flop. Yes. And, you know, going along with this, he understands how many chips we have in our stack. Yeah. And if he's got a reasonable hand, he may just already have a plan for, well, I can't fold. Like, I can't fold any kind of good one-pair hand here. So uh, that's that. Like, I hope it doesn't have me beat. Oh, well, you know, it's only 40 blinds. Not even, you know, that's it. You know, it's possible he's just going to feel like unmoved as opposed to if we were like 150 blinds deep. Right. We could make a move here with the intention of getting him off a lot of strong hands, strongish hands like over pairs and ace jack and things like that. King jack. Um, it's going to be much harder to do that uh, without help from the board. Right. So I think you can make a case for either. Yeah, I think this is a, sometimes we should raise. Sometimes we should call spot and just a question of what our frequencies are. Yeah, I would guess because we're out of position because it's such a tiny bet. Because the board favors us because we're out of position. I'd want to raise a little more often than I call. I think our frequencies should be entirely based on our position. Like, I think we should have a different frequency in position and out of position. Of course. Of course. So, but because we're out of position doesn't really affect frequency, which what it sounded like. Well, I'm I'm saying, well, I'm saying, so I would want to, if I, because I'm out of position, I would definitely raise more, is what I'm saying. And if I was higher frequency, I'd raise less. Yeah. So that's how it, so that's maybe, maybe a factor that leads. 
Hydorn to make his decision, which is to raise, is that there is a backdoor diamond draw for him, and maybe that's a good reason to raise. Sure. Like, just if you're going to choose something kind of random, but still that can help you, mm-hmm. that helps. I mean, we would almost certainly raise Jack-5 suited, Jack-5 suited in 6-5, right? We would right now. Jack-5 suited, Jack-5 suited in 6-5? Jack-5 suited, Jack- <laughs> well, we would. Yeah. But Jack-6 suited, of course, in 6-5. Yeah. Not and huge amounts of combos of those, but there's And 5-5 five, five and 6-6. Six, six. Of course. And maybe Jack-Jack. That's the one we would at least consider. Well, I guess we could consider just calling all. But we might even raise Jack-Jack right now because he decided to bet. And it's like, well, either you have something you're just going to give up on anyway or you've got an overpair. Right? Well, I mean, the, uh, the obvious problem off. is like if he has ace-king or ace-queen, we give him the opportunity to catch up by right. calling. Also, sometimes if we just call with our really big hands, he will triple barrel us. Yeah. By the way, I don't want to underplay that too much like that. He's under the gun. Like, it's not unreasonable for him to think, well, I have top set and you don't have very much of it, so I'm going to keep going. Right. You know? What are you going to do about it? Anyway, Hydorn decides to race. Seems fine. I can't have a problem with that. I kind of like his sizing. It goes to 130 over the wow, 30. Wow, that's so big. Yeah. I mean, he's like, if you have 10s, what are you going to do, buddy? Yeah. Like, enjoy. 10s is really tough. Really tough when he makes it that much. I would assume it was going to be like 80. Yeah. You know? 80 seems fine, but this is like way bigger. It's like, it looks like he's trying to get it all in um, as fast as possible, <laughs> basically. You know, he's like, let's go to war, you know? So how should right check respond? I mean, he has top pair, second kicker. Should he consider effectively shoving? I mean, he's welcome to consider it. It does shut out the draws, which yeah. is cool. Um, but of course, you know, uh, High Dorn is probably going to play perfectly against him if he does that, right? He's going to get correct. He's going to get the correct response given to him, right? Like meaning all the hands that are beating him are not going to fold. Right. No, any, even any, Ace Jack is not going to fold. No. Five six suited not going to fold obviously. Five, right, six, of suited. course. So, but all the and all the draws are going to fold. So you'll shut out some equity, but all the hands you're beating will fold, and all the hands that you're losing to will call. That doesn't sound like a great move. For yeah, the it, of money it would only left. be to shut out the equity. Yeah, I don't think we should. I don't. I mean, if he's got, I don't think we should do it. I think we should just call and see. We, if we want to do this, we should at least wait a card, and then we can shut out. Like we only have twenty percent equity left, and then we can more successfully shut out yeah. his equity anyway. It's just a really big shove too. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a better hand to shove or call with than aces or kings, at least because he blocks the jack. He blocks jack five and jack six, yeah. which and is jack, nice. Jack, jack for that. And matter. jack, jack, yeah. I think it's a pretty clear call most of the time. Um, even though it's, we should consider raising to shut out equity, usually it's just a you know that's the that kind of play. I feel like is the play that they did a lot in two thousand and seven and two thousand eight and two thousand nine, and those guys don't play much anymore. You yeah, know? or they adjusted. Yeah, or they adjusted. Right. David Williams still does that, of course. But, you know, Andy Black probably does that. He's like, I have a pair. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, right check decides to call. It feels like the best decision. Yeah. And the, I think it's pretty sure. This pot is now very big. Yes. 354,000. Oh, my gosh. Also very big is my love for our book that we wrote. It's a book and it's full of loving. I mean, that's a bit of a weird thing to say, <laughs> but it is a book. It's that, a book and it's true. full of loving. Okay, fine. But it's also full of poker. Yes. It's a poker book. It's called Big How Surprise. You... The poker guys wrote a poker book. Big How... surprise. How can you fold incredible poker hands broken down decision by decision? Yeah. That's the name. We focused entirely on tournament hands for yes. this book. This is all big time tournament hands. Uh, it's a conversational back and forth between us in text form with these like really well done graphics that we, we contracted out to an elite graphic designer. It does look amazing. It looks great. Uh, and it's really cool because it's a book that we spent a year on and we really really 
thought about all of our analysis in a way that we don't have time to when we're doing a podcast or anything sure. else that the poker guys do effectively. It's like, it's like you're getting the very best of our analysis because we really, really took our time with it, made sure we agreed with what we were saying, or at least we disagree with each other sometimes, but oh, yeah. we, we were very sure about our own points. And mm-hmm. so we think it's a really good instructive tool because of that. But not only that, it's also fun and the fun is for everybody. And so is the instruction because it starts with the least complex hands. We have hands at the beginning that you can certainly get something out of, but, oh, yeah. but the complexity of the hands is minimal comparatively uh, comparatively. And we ramp it up slowly, very slowly over 37 hands until the last hand where it's just like, what the fuck are these guys saying? I got to read this again. Yeah. I mean, you know? when, and when Grant says that, like we have to reread it as we've been doing the editing process. Cause it's so damn complex, right? It's, it's pretty cool. There's it's two to five page chapters. There is a seven page chapter and they're the second to last hand, which is a very complex hand. And that's like the, just an extremely in-depth analysis there. Yeah. But mostly it's two to five page bite-sized chapters. They're really fun. We call it a poker book you'll actually read because we believe it is. Instead of like a dusty old analytical poker book that's sitting on your shelf, you're like, well, I guess I could make myself do that homework. You know, this isn't homework. This is fun, but you'll still kind of get something out of it. So. Absolutely. Yeah, um, we, we really think this is, makes a great gift for any poker-playing person in your life. Yep. I think it makes a great gift to yourself as well. You know, don't because you are one of the poker playing people in your life. It's you certainly to that. are. And even if you don't play poker, you should read it because, you know, it's fun. It's the kind of thing where, like, you would read this book and someone would be like, so how was your uh, how was your vacation? You're like, you know, I read a book. I found someone on my vacation. I, I, I reacquainted myself with someone and it was me. <laughs> yeah. And I really like him. It's like how Stella, I really, really like it's him. basically how Stella got her groove back. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, <laughs> which I've never seen, but I'm guessing. I'm pretty sure I understand the plot just based on like the commercial. Angela from, Bassett, man. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> um, anyway, there is a link in the description of this podcast. That'll take you to our website, which its sole purpose is to give you access to this book. You can get the EPUB files directly from the website, or it also has a link to the paperback on Amazon. Yeah, the EPUB. If, fi- sorry, go ahead. If you do buy it, uh, please leave an Amazon review. That will help us immensely, and we would appreciate it. And that'll make it a lot more likely that we'll write more books. Yes, that is absolutely true. And, and when Grant says EPUB files, what he means is all the electronic. If you have any electronic version, you can read it with the EPUB files. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you want the paperback, go around through to Amazon, get it there. It's all set up for you. It's waiting for you. It's a it's a site we also contracted out because we contract things out now that's who yeah. we are we're, we contract stuff yeah we're basically kings of the world basically but yeah. anyway we really love the book we hope we hope you enjoy it and please please check it out all right back to the hand yes we've had the check raise from hydron out of the big one with three four of diamonds on the five of diamonds six of clubs jack of clubs flop right check with king jack of hearts under the gun has bet called the 130k check raise the pot is big now. It's 354,000. Yeah, what's the effective stack? The effective stack is going to be right check, who started with 610K. So he's down to 480, like 445. Jeez. Yeah. So, so he's like, wow, maybe that sizing was a little big. Because <laughs> now look what we've done to ourselves. Like, you mean Hydorn? Oh, Hydorn. Oh, right. Hydorn is Hy- not the effective stack. Hydorn is not the effective stack. Get that shit through your I head. I really keep in my head it's the other way around. So under the gun Clean is... Clean the shit out of your ears, Levy. So under the gun is the shorter stack. Yes. Okay. That's yes. right, check. Okay. You just think he has more because he has more in his total name is, winnings? Yeah, I guess so. Five million to two million. Come on. Yeah, he's got to have more chips. You got to give that guy more chips. It's not it's crazy. Only fair. Now, you guys may think I'm the moron in Grant's this moment, but to be fair, he's got a computer in front of him with all this information and I don't. So he doesn't have to remember any of it and I do. Let's, Just so everyone knows, let's do a, I'm not the idiot right, let's sidekick. Do a, let's do a month-long experiment where we yeah. switch it. Okay. See how you do with that and see how I do with remembering it. Let's let's do that, yeah. Grant. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be oh, great. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, oh, oh. This is a different kind of laughing where yeah, it's just it like 
like cow. we don't actually want to laugh, but we're about to fight. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're, we're still at four. We haven't. <laughs> <it's not> <laughs> okay, <laughs> buddy. You ready to fucking do that? All right. Turn is the queen of hearts. Okay. Sure. Uh, this should never affect Hydorn's hand unless he has the queen X of clubs. Right. That is correct. It should never affect Rychek's hand unless he has queen, 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 jack, or queen X of clubs. So right. a lot more for Rychek than it is for Hydorn. Yes, Queen Jack is really like looming relatively large. Yeah. Right. Um, but mostly just suited, right? He opened under the gun, so it's probably just suited. Yep. And it's so there's only two combos for, for right check. For to have Queen there. Jack, yeah. Uh, he could have, though, like you said, King Queen of Clubs, Ace Queen of Clubs. Yeah. Queen Ten of Clubs, maybe. Maybe, yeah. It goes check, check. Interesting. All right. So I understand for sure why right check checks back. I yes. I don't see a ton of great things happening if he bets. He Agreed. might get check shoved on, and then he's like, what the fuck do I do now? Agreed. Hydorn checking. What do you think about this? Is it because the queen is slightly better for right check as we just kind of laid out? I think so. I mean, the story is like, well, I mean, look, I guess the worst hand we have is ace jack here for value. Like we could check raise ace jack, right? I don't know if we would, but we on could. The flop, yeah, on the flop. Yeah, on the flop. On the flop. Yeah. Um, that's the absolute lowest of the low. It's like, I'm not going to get, I was going to put down a state in the country. I'm not going to do that. Uh, so so like it but this this queen is not it's great like for us Dorn. The, the story there you go the the story is not as great when the queen comes and we continue right it, now we're saying like yeah we have five six i mean all our two pair plus we I, can still I, think, have. I think the story is just fine i mean like because all of what we're repping on the flop i'm not even sure if we're repping ace jack yeah i don't know either so everything we're repping on the flop would just be like well stack to power ratio dictates i have to get it in with this hand like right five six being the worst of it you're not just gonna check fold five six no but you could check call and let the draws barrel off instead of not it seems like a way worse plan than just betting and charging the draws with a very vulnerable hand um yeah i mean it also looks like he's got something if he's got aces you wouldn't want to miss out on all that beautiful beautiful money right as phil ivy would say yep so, yeah, I feel like this is kind of a bad job of continuing to represent, even though the queen is slightly better for right check. Is it possible that Hydorn's just like, well, I give up? It's very, well, he made it 130,000 and got called. He's yeah. like, oh, you've got a real hand, yeah. right? Now all I can do, maybe I can get ace jack to fold, but maybe not because you know that queen doesn't help me very much either. So, and besides ace jack, everything else is probably sticking around because it's like aces, kings, queens, Ace Jack. Maybe Hydorn's plan was. Maybe Hydorn's plan was. This is a big enough check raise that I should fold out a lot of the randomness in right. right check's hand. And if he calls, I will continue on the turn. If any draw comes in, yeah, any open ender, maybe like even it. any gut shot, yeah, and any club. But the queen is a complete brick as far as that's concerned. And if you're going to have give ups, maybe that's a good time to have a give up. I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, as a way to do it. Otherwise, you're going to be continuing too often. Yeah, right. And so this is Fair like enough. even with four high, it's like yeah, you could do the whole. I have four high. I have to bet to win. But actually. Actually, we still have a reasonable stack here, right? We still yeah. have almost 30 blinds. That's pretty good. Like, so yeah, I, I think that I like that as a, as a plan. Um, if we as, still have a ton of continues, if we include all the gut shots coming mm-hmm. in as continues. Yeah. Um, there's also could be the threat. Now we wouldn't actually, I don't think be pulling the trigger here, but the threat of a second check race, like it's possible we could check and check shove. I mean, uh, but it wouldn't we happen see, very often. We see the right check checks a, back, a jack yes, back pretty easily. So, like, I don't think the check shove is going to have too much fold equity against the range the right check takes that line against. It would be specifically against, um, like, a club draw, which would have to decide to play it like this. Yeah, which uh, it may not have, put itself might in have jeopardy. Three bet pre- on the flop. 
Yeah. yeah. It, the one thing the club doesn't want to do is bet and get shut out after putting all these this many yeah. chips in. So it's either going to bet an amount that it can call or check, right? right. I mean, that, that's what it's supposed to do. Or have, it's got, like, the nut flush or have effectively shoved the flop. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I get the check from the queen coming and not being part of any draw coming in perspective because mm-hmm. then you can't rep as much. Yeah. It just kind of sucks to give up with four high. It does, but you still have a tournament. You still have a stack. It's still okay. By the way, if he checks it back, like he's going to check it back a lot here, I think. Maybe not with aces, but he's going to check back all his jacks, we would think, right? If he, and he's got a fair amount of jacks here. Um, we do get a card, and maybe a club or a straightening card will come Maybe then. we'll actually get there. Yeah, like we have ways to win. Wouldn't that be great? If he checks, and he, there's going to be some checks here. Well, it does go check, check. Okay. There's still 354K in the pot. Nitrogen Sports Poker Room is a place to play poker. Those are all facts. Non sequitur, but you know what? It's important because that's why the podcast exists. Nitrogen, thank you. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Nitrogen. (laughs) You look at me like I'm supposed to say something. Is there, was I supposed to prepare a speech or something? Okay, I'm just going to go. I got it. The word nitrogen, if you look it up in Webster's dictionary, (laughs) yeah, it's an element. Uh huh. (coughs) Excuse me. You okay? (laughs) (laughs) Do you need some water? And, uh, and I just want to thank everyone for coming out here tonight. My mom, my dad, my, my sister, my cousins. You guys are the greatest. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I guess I'll do the ad. So Nitrogen Sports has been the sponsor of this podcast for a very long time. Uh, it's they, a mutually beneficial relationship, guys. Indeed. And it's beneficial for the listener as well, because if you get to use the link, it, well, you do get to, if you use the link in the description of this podcast to sign up for Nitrogen, you get access to our exclusive link users only Poker Guys tournament. That's a good name. Link users only. From now on, we're going to call it that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Poker Guys tournament. I'm just going to pick up that slack. Please. Since- you know, someone's got to do the work here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's awesome because it happens at the end of every month and there's a thousand buy-ins guaranteed. And guess what? We usually get like 100, 120 link users playing that thing, which means there's like 880 to 900 free buy-ins just put in there, just stuck in that basket waiting for you to scoop it out and go spend that money on ice cream and groceries and tires and gas and whatnot. <laughs> How about something more fun? You started with a fun thing, ice cream. How about, ice cream. Forget about groceries and tires <laughs> and gas. <laughs> I mean, if you're going somewhere with... Go spend it on a fun meal. Enjoy. Oh. How about take yourself out to like a vacation? Go Ooh. on vacation. Go on a cruise. Get some tires. <laughs> <laughs> that cruise might have a tire giveaway. <laughs> that would be a real treat. <laughs> anyway, use the link. Get on Nitrogen. They, of course, also have sports betting. They are called Nitrogen Sports. They also have casino games. It would be cool if you use the link. We would really appreciate it. If you're going to do it anyway, use the damn link. You You get free extra stuff. It helps us a tiny bit. Nitrogen sees that, oh, it's worth continuing to support this podcast. All those things matter. It's like memento. It all comes together at the end. Exactly. Like the past and the present or the past and the future, like I'll meet up in one thing. Suddenly everything's color. It's amazing. And you're like, wait, he did it. The whole time. And then you're like, wait, what happened to Guy Pierce's career? <laughs> oh, no. That's mean. Yeah, he didn't really go anywhere with I that. know. I thought he was going to be such a big star after that movie. But no. He made The Time Machine. H.G. Wells' <laughs> Time Machine. I think the problem was that his jaw was too big. 
He's got too big of a jaw. I don't think that was the problem. It's the problem. So he's a little too thin for, for his own good. <laughs> thin, big jaw. <laughs> One of those guys. <laughs> jaw too big, body too small, you know. Just for it to be a movie star, not for anything else. Anyway. <laughs> let's yeah. get back to Nitrogen. the Nitrogen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Guy yeah. Pierce failed career. Yeah. No, far. not true. Not true. He was a, he's a successful person. He's a successful actor. He just isn't making it as a movie star, in yeah. fairness. Like, he's been in a lot of movies. He's like Jabari Parker. Anyway, moving on. Probably about right. All right. So, the river is the four of hearts. Okay. That means the board now reads five, six, jack with two clubs, queen of hearts in the turn. There's no heart in the flop. Four of hearts on the river. Yeah. So, Hydorn makes a pair of fours. He knows it's very unlikely to be good, almost impossible. It's pretty hard. You would think if we were up against a club draw, it would have taken an aggressive action somewhere, right? right? It's possible sometimes it calls in position, I guess, on the flop and doesn't want to get blown off itself. It doesn't want to go all in. It doesn't want to, you know, get blown off the hand on the turn. So it checks. Um, and that's like the only way I can think that we have the best hand. Right. And we're not really going to check call very often, right? So like if we check, we're basically giving up because like it's pretty tough to pull off a check call here and feel good about it. Well, just because, yeah, like like I, the only way we're ever ahead is the the parlay I just mentioned, which feels not a very big part of what, what our friend's right, r- right so checks range is. All this there. to say that if Hydron wants a chance to win this hand, he's probably going to have to bet. He's not going to be able to check and, and hope to win that way most of the time. Right. I agree. Unless he wants to check race. Yeah. That's, that's it. I think this is a good time for a bet because, of course, the most obvious open-ender did come in. 7-8 got there. Yes. Hydorn clearly has all 16 combos of 7-8 squarely in his range. So that's a good reason to, to go for it, right? That's a good reason. The bad reason is our friend over there, check call of 130, not check call, got called our check raise to a, a huge check raise on the flop and then check back the turn and what really looks almost transparently like he's doing pot control so we can call a river bet, right? And so... I don't know how often we're going to get this through. I'm concerned about our frequency of success here. But I do agree with you. Like, we, the only way we win is to take a big swing right now. Yeah. I mean, maybe we can have four or five of clubs. Maybe that's possible. Mm, okay. There's another hand to have. That's sort of cool, Yeah, I guess. Jonathan is thinking about this, and I am also thinking about it. I wow. don't know why I said that. It's that was Jonathan, super weird. It's because Jonathan sneezed and I didn't know what to say. Why don't you just keep talking as if I didn't I sneeze? I lost my train of thought. You, just, you were mesmerized by the sneeze? It was a very slow, weird sneeze. <laughs> it was. Anyway, it was. we're back from the sneeze. <laughs> Welcome back from the sneeze. <laughs> so <laughs> It might be number five. I don't know. Yeah. Go on. All right. Hydron decides to go for it. And he decides okay. to go for it for real. He goes effectively all in. It's not all in for him, but it's all in for Rychek for 445K into 354. Yeah. That's a weird bet, man. This line is weird as shit. It's weird that he checked the turn and then did this. Unless he has the nuts, it's a weird line. So I think he could have 7-8 and do this. I think it's possible, right? Um, Yeah, I do. I think so, too. Maybe he has deuce three in his range. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he has uh, three... Would it be three, three seven? seven. Yeah. Three seven suited? Yeah. Which he... Flopped a gutter yeah. and check raised. If and he now. has deuce three suited, three seven suited, and seven eight off, that's a that's twenty four combos of value that he could have. Okay, he probably doesn't have all the deuce, oh deuce three suited. Yeah, I don't even know if he's actually defending deuce three suited, but maybe probably. I don't guess the under the gun guy. He might just throw it away. Maybe especially on when the break is right there. Either way, it feels like he's he's repping a straight here. He's not really repping a two pair type hand. I anymore. guess I guess he could have like a set also. Yeah. 
He could have flopped a set, and he was going for a check raise on the turn. It's, it's, the a, weird, it's a really weird yeah. story for, like we said on the turn, the wouldn't you hands. continue with 5-6 when you continue with, with pretty much all of your made hands on the flop? Most, I mean, you, you can't actually, you need to have some checks there if you're going to check some of your give-ups too, right? But most of the time, you're going to continue because of the, once the guy calls and the, and the stacked pot and the nature of the, the wet nature of the board, feels like you're, like you're saying, mostly continuing. Right. So mostly he's repping straights that got yeah. down the river. A few sets maybe, mostly straights. Maybe four or five of clubs, maybe. Maybe, but, but would you bet this much? Exactly. I, I'd be really concerned about squeezing out value with a hand like that. Okay. So, right check is facing this bet now. It's Forest Tournament Life. Weird spot. It's a weird spot. He does have King Jack, so there's a couple things to take into consideration here. It's Hydorn's story, and it's where we fit in our distribution. Okay, cool. So, Hydorn's story. Let's do it combinatorially. We've already let, let's let's be liberal with giving him credit here, okay, and say that he's got those twenty four straight combos for value, okay? What the hell? Twenty four combos of value. What are his bluff combos? He's got missed clubs, perhaps. Sure, he's got missed clubs, which includes what? Probably king ten of clubs. He can't king. have ace. He can have ace x of clubs. Yeah, ace deuce of clubs, ace three of clubs, mm-hmm. ace four of clubs. Sure. Ace, ace seven, seven of, clubs, of clubs, ace eight, ace eight of clubs, ace nine of clubs, ace ten of clubs. Then probably king ten of clubs. Yep. King nine of clubs, king eight of clubs, king seven of clubs, king three of clubs, king deuce of clubs, maybe mm-hmm. king four of clubs. Okay, that's nineteen combos just of club stuff that we've come up with so far. There's definitely gonna be some other club combos when he's defending the big blind. Yeah, that like aren't n- that aren't as pretty. Nine ten of clubs. Although nine ten of clubs, he's continuing on the turn with nine ten of clubs, right? That one he is, right? Yeah. But like... Probably king 10 of clubs also, by the way. Um, sure, but like 9-7 of clubs, he might not be. It's yeah. just a club draw, right? Right. 9-deuce um, of clubs, 9-3 of clubs, yeah. which he can have because he's defending the big blind. Right. I don't know if he is, but if we think he's defending 3-deuce of clubs, he, or 3-deuce X, 3-deuce suited, I should say, um, he really might be defending all suited hands. Right, so we have to probably remove got, some of the club draws because he's going to continue with a, a decent amount of them on the is. turn, but maybe he's got somewhere like 25 to 30 club draws. He's going to give up with some of them and check raise some of them. And yeah. Yeah. And then if he's check raising all of like, cause we gave him deuce three and three, seven, that means he's check raising all of his gut shots and open enders, which brings about a lot more combos of bluffs here. Right. There's 16 combos of seven, nine. Yeah. That's a good one. Although we've already counted seven, nine of clubs. So let's say 15 combos of seven, Fair nine. Enough. Um, there are, what else we got here? We got three, four, which is probably all the combos, or do you think just suited? Um, let's say just suited, because it was under the gun. Just suited for three, four. We then, have eight, nine off. Yeah, okay. Then all the combos of eight, nine off. Then there's three combos of, of three, four. Right. So that's 18, and then 15 more combos of eight, nine off. So that's 33. Yeah. So when we, when we tack on a fair amount of clubs as well, yeah. even if it's like, even if we're really generous when we say mostly he's going to continue with clubs, and there's only 10 club combos, which feels like way too little. That's 43 combos. Right. Now, and, now he's going to play some of his straight draws where he's going to... We're sort of assuming he's going to check. Yeah. He's not going to play all his straight draws like this either. But it, I think what we're already finding is there's clearly a lot of misses here. Right? right. If we don't give him the made hands on the flop for value, then he has a lot more misses than he has straights. Right. Which leads to, to a call. But then, of course, you can't just assume that he's playing all of his hands like that that we combinatorially mm-hmm. figured out. So the way you kind of figure out if you're going to call or not is distribution. Right check is not super high in his distribution here. For a guy who called the 130K check like he race. He might not even call with 10s on the flop. Right. 
So now, this may be the, the third worst hand, second worst. Second hand. worst hand. Queen Jack suited, right? No, no, no. no Queen Jack, Jack ten. Jack ten suited. You're yeah. right. Yeah, Queen Jack suited is pretty good now. Um, yeah, this is not great. Now he doesn't have any clubs in his hand, which he likes. Yes, he does. So that like helps. That. that moves him. That bumps him up a little bit over some of the other hands that do have clubs in them, such as um, Ace Jack with the Ace of Clubs. Right. You'd he rather. Not, you'd rather have, have. You'd rather have this hand. He might not have King Jack with the King of Clubs. He might not open that under the gun. Um, right. Um, but. Even hands like queens with the queen of clubs, I think the, the king jack of hearts is probably better than. Okay. Sorry, queens is a bit, queens is the wrong example. Sorry, kings. It'd be kings. kings. Yeah. Um, distribution wise, because we block because we don't block the club draws. Right. So th- so that's the that's one of the, that's cool, but still, there's so many other hands that it feels like we're gonna have that are better than this hand, right? Yeah. So we're pretty far down our distribution. The other thing I'd be wondering, it just like coming back to story for a second, as we're putting this all together is if he's bluffing, does he really need to go so big? Like he could bluff not as big, couldn't he? True. That's true. Like it feels like he's trying to get huge value out of me right now because it looks like I'm probably calling a lot. Maybe though that's a reason to bluff big when I say that out loud. Yep. I don't know. I guess the, 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 it's just weird when he calls the 130K check raise and then it goes check, check on the turn, I guess. It's just the whole thing gets weird well, in terms of what everyone's repping. It's really tough. You have to know a bit about Hydorn, right? Like, you have to know how likely he is to pull the trigger because yeah. if he really has all of those combos of bluffs that we laid out, which he really can't, then of it's course a not. pretty clear call. But, yeah. like, the value is very likely to play it this way and the bluffs are not. That's another thing, too. I mean, 8-7 is, is a straight draw on the turn, and like, if we think a lot of the bluffs aren't going to play it this way, 8-7 isn't always going to play it this way either. What, I'm, what I mean mostly is the shove on the river. Okay. Once yeah, we like, get here, you yeah, mean. Yeah, like, like the bluffs aren't all going to go for it. Right. Of course not. There's Whereas like, the there. straights are definitely going to bet. Of course they are. Yeah. Of course they are. Are they going to go all in? I don't he know. Has 8-7? Is he actually the type of guy who goes all in here with, with that hand? Or I not? hope he is if he's going all in as a bluff. He finished 10th in the main event. He's, he's at least got a shot to be a guy who goes yeah. all in here. But that doesn't always mean that much either, as we know. Right. As we know. Huh. So what are we supposed to do? So we, where are we in our, our distribution? We don't have a club. That's great. Besides well, that, from actual main hand value, it's not super that. great. There's going to be a lot of other made hands that are better that don't have a club in them, for right. sure. Yeah, I think I think I probably lean towards a fold, especially considering that right check is going to have a huge skill advantage on the majority of the field, and just doesn't have to take this kind of marginal spot. Yeah, we still have a reasonable stack. Almost thirty blinds. That's not horrible. Yeah, uh, it sucks to call and be wrong here. Yeah, when we just we just don't have to do it. Um, I mean, it really comes back to like, boy, it would be nice to know a lot more about this guy. You yeah, know? like. When, does he take big swings a lot or not? You know, if he's an Anton Morgenstern type guy who's just taking big if swings. If it's Anton Morgenstern, I'm closing my eyes and calling. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I checked the turn with the intention of calling the river. I didn't, I didn't re-raise the flop because I'm trying to give him every chance possible to bluff me, right? Yeah. So then, like, once they fall into your trap, you have to actually, you know, have it be a trap instead of have it just work every time, which I feel like happens a lot for people... Uh, who are not professionals, you know, who are more amateurs and even some pros sometimes where you have a, this whole plan and then you get to the part where the plan's sort of going the way you planned it to. Like the guy did the thing you want him to, but now it's scary. And so you <laughs> yeah. fold anyway. Like that's not good. You can't do that. So, I mean, you can do it once in a while, I guess, if you get new information. But, um, but usually you don't. Usually it's like, oh, yeah, he shoved. Like I was sort of trying to give him room to do. But now it's scary. Now it is scary. Now I don't want to call. And right check ultimately <laughs> does fold and I, I get it. Yeah, me too. I think it's totally fine. I think it's totally fine. I think it's reasonable. He has a lot of better hands here, as we said. 
it can't it can't be that bad to fold. It just can't. Can't. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic And I can show every single MC how it's done right Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not We got one life And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it